Hey, what's up, Turtle Riders? What's happening? Give me one sec. Give me one sec. Ah, there we go. All right, we're live, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Good? Excellent. Excellent. Welcome to the Turtle Boy Live Show. I am your host. They call me Uncle Turtle Boy. Hope everyone's uh, doing out, uh, doing well tonight. Give me one moment just to bring this up. Anyway, uh, I gone ahead and I shared the link to the stream, guys, on the various social media uh, pages that we currently operate, which you should go and follow right now if you're not doing so already. We got the Clarence Woods Emerson. That's kind of like my personal account I fuck around with. Uh, it gets suspended every once in a while for like 30 days at a time. However, they never... You know, not going, they don't take it down. So it's got like 26,200 followers. So that's cool. So go ahead and follow that. Also, Uncle, the Uncle Turtle Boy page has over 20,000 now. And the Turtle Boy Sports page is closing in on 20,000. So go ahead and like both of those. If you add them all up, we're looking at like, you know, 66,000. So we're two thirds of the way to 100,000. I don't know if that counts. But go ahead and just like them all. It's sad that we can't build these back up. We should be like, they haven't taken us down, guys, in forever. So get your ass on there. Okie dokie. Um, also, I'm on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. My Twitter accounts are at Dr. Turtle Boy and at Turtle Boy Phone. The at Dr. Turtle Boy count is, uh, account is doing the countdown to 10,000 followers. So we're getting very close to that. We're up to like 9,213 right now. Um, the other one's close to 4,000. The other one's called at turtle boy phone. You need to follow turtle boy everywhere. Most importantly, if you're new here tonight, I see 114 people and counting right now. Uh, remember, uh, smash that subscribe button. That really helps a lot. And give us a like the likes matter for the algos It starts coming up on YouTube algorithms. I don't know how it works. You don't know how it works. Just hit the fucking like button. It takes two seconds. Hit the like button. Um, smash it subscribe we're here every tuesday thursday and saturday night at 9 p.m okie dokie um so also if you guys would like uh we are as you guys know we're permanently demonetized by youtube and we're probably going to get kicked off of here at some time so it's important you guys go and like our rumble account because we are going to start posting more and more videos on rumble uh the video was taken down uh, the other day, uh, the one that with the hilarious episode we did, um, let me see, we have the turtle boy. Let's see. Where's my account. Okay. If somebody could link, if one of the admins could link the rumble account there, that'd be great. The, uh, the one where we had the, the kid on the feral baby who told me to fuck off. Yeah. That was taken down by YouTube for privacy, even though that woman put her fucking kid on there anyway. So, but it's on Rumble. Rumble doesn't take shit down. So go ahead and jump on there if you haven't already. Um, and smash that subscribe button. You know, comment, share, let people know, get the word out. We are here. I mean, I'm going to stay. You guys know me. I don't leave. I'm not one of these people like, oh, fuck YouTube. I don't need them. No, I'm not leaving YouTube. I won't. I don't hide in the ghettos. That's that's what that is. A lot of conservatives will say, that, oh, if you don't just leave, leave Twitter and leave Facebook. No, I don't want to leave Twitter and Facebook. I like Twitter and Facebook and I like YouTube because this is where all the people are. These are the public squares. I'm not abandoning them. I'm not moving into the ghetto. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll buy a spot in the ghetto. I'll rent it out. A little Section 8 situation. I'll use it. You know, it could be like my stash house. If I need to lay low, if I'm suspended from YouTube, yeah, I'll go lay low there for a bit. I'll use my rumble and I'll use my 
whatever. Okay. But like, I ain't leaving. That's the thing about me. It's like a lot of these people are like, how'd you, how'd you defeat cancel culture turtle boy? Like, how'd you do this? It's like, cause I don't seed ground. I don't, I, I, I mean, these these platforms treat me like absolute dog shit. Like, let's be honest. They kick me off of everything. I'm banned from everything. And guess what? I just fucking keep making new ones. It's not a big deal. I don't care. Cause I won't, I won't be treated. Like if you kick me out of your party, I'm coming back to your fucking party. I don't even want to go to your party. It's just the fact that you think you can kick me out. That makes me want to come back even more. You don't cancel me. I cancel you period. I'll, I'll be here. I'll be here till the end of time. Let me get like till my dying days. I will be, I mean, I'm 39 years old now. I I'll be doing this well into my eighties. Trust me. I'm never going to retire. I'm never going to stop. You can't, you can't stop me. You should give up. I know you won't. You're I'll be fucking with your, like the next generation. You'll have kids. You'll have grandkids. They'll try to stop me too. I'm just going to come back stronger. That's it. I'm just going to come back stronger. Now here's the deal real quick, quick announcement before we get into the topic tonight. Uh, the, I was, I just posted this link on Facebook. Let me pull these up. Actually, I want to hear what you guys think of this. And I'm going to talk more about this on Turtle Club tomorrow night. But let me pull these up if you guys didn't see this already. So I got invited, right, to be, I got this email yesterday. And I'm like, it's from the Republican Town Committee of Walpole. They invite me to be their guest. On November 16th at 7 p.m. Uh, as a radio personality, you can speak directly about cancel culture. My way or the highway. You're absolutely right. I mean, nobody is nobody's more familiar with cancel culture than me. Let's be honest. I Not only did I invent it, I also defeated it, perfected it, weaponized it. I own cancel culture now. That we are all experiencing at work within our families. I mean, this is literally the perfect kind of speech for me. And I'm like, okay, well, it's just small town and, and it's like an hour away from my house. I'm like, I'm going to go there to like speak to 10 people. And so my big, you know, she, she actually says at the end, thank you for the consideration. Like they're, you're asking me, right? And I appreciate that. You know, you're asking me, you want me to speak, you're, you know, you're coming out and, and you're doing that. I'm like, so I think about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm looking to speak more publicly. And if I can live stream this, and speak to a larger audience. I think this is important. I think this is the kind, this is exactly the kind of thing I want to start doing is more public speaking. Right. So I'm like, okay, let's, uh, I go, I, I might be able to do that. Could I live stream it? She gets back to me. What you do and the research you share is truthful and stands out as superior. We would truly love to host you and hear what you have to say about cancel culture. Sounds good. And what we are all experienced, exactly. Like I can relate. I'm the guy that can give you advice on how to deal with this. I'm the leader of the, I'm the leader of the resistance, the anti-communist resistance movement in Massachusetts. That's me. I'm the guy. And, and I'm strongly considering guys a run for office next year, not for school. I mean, I might run for school committee again, but I'm talking bigger fish, um, state representative or state senator. Because we have, I live in a district for state rep. We we have one of the 30 Republicans in Massachusetts. Her name's Kim Ferguson. She hasn't responded to any of my emails about Liz Miranda. So I'm really upset about that. Maybe I should primary her. 
Maybe I should do that. It's these state reps only represent 40,000 people. I mean, I, are there turtle riders in Hubbardston, Barrie? I forget the other towns. I don't know if Rutland's in ours. I don't know if I, Princeton definitely is. Not that, no offense to Princeton, but, uh, you know, so I could, I mean, I'm thinking about doing it. I don't know what you guys think. So either that or you go big or go home. You go big or go home because my Holden's Senate district right now, our state Senate district, we share one with Worcester. This woman named Harriet Chandler, who I've written blogs about before, she's about 122 years old. She can't drive. She's constantly parking in handicaps, handicap spots, even though she's actually not handicapped, even though she's 125 years old, she's not handicapped. She keeps parking them. She can't park. She can't drive. She's a menace to the, she's a fucking insane, but she's like a radical lefty too. But we're being redistricted. Holden is getting out of that district and they're putting us in, which it, with the most, with the reddest Senate district in the state of Massachusetts, they're saying. Currently, it is held by a woman named Ann Gobi from Spencer. And she's a Democrat. She's like a, a conservative. She's like a Kristen Cinema, a Kirsten Cinema Democrat, you know, because you have to be to be from Spencer. Like people there like their guns and shit. Like you're not going to be a radical leftist and get elected in Spencer. But her area now is going to add Holden to it. And so that's interesting. So maybe I go for state senator. I don't know. We'll see. Will I win? I don't fucking know. I don't really don't care to be perfectly honest with you. I try. I, if I did it, I would try my best and I would just about getting the message out there. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. I'll be back tomorrow. It doesn't matter either way. Like Larry Elder. I'm like, I'm like the white Larry Elder kind of the East coast, white Larry Elder. Like I'll run for the office in a liberal area. Get my message out. If I win, I win. If I don't back to the airwaves, that's it. So something to think about. I'm, I'm honestly considering that. So anyway, she asked me, um, I, you know, so this is an invitation now. Like, and so I'm like, okay, I go, let, let's do it. Let's lock it up. Then she, then I got this one. I'm like, okay, where am I meeting you? She goes, good evening, Aiden. I want to thank you so much for your offer to speak at our gathering. My offer. Did you guys read the same email I did? I didn't offer them. They, they reach, you reached out to me. You asked me. My board has decided that we should go with the state rep to discuss the 2022 election. Could you think of anything more fucking boring than that? Could you, this is everything wrong with the Republican party today, especially the mass GOP. What a bunch of boomer fucking losers losers you want to talk about the 2022 election oh spoiler alert uh democrats are going to win the massachusetts state legislature that's going to happen because you're all a bunch of pussies yeah they're going to win so i could talk about that election too i actually know what the fuck i'm doing unlike you losers i am the new face of the party i'm the, i represent the younger fresher generation of conservatives who are actually interested in fighting the culture war and standing up to this bullshit that you and all you assholes want to do is talk about lower taxes and fucking principles and Mitt Romney and John McCain and Liz Cheney, bunch of losers. That's what you people are. 
So she goes, I wish you well in all your endeavors. And if we need another need for another guest speaker, I will certainly keep you my suck my dick. <laughs> oh, I can be the backup to some loser state rep who hasn't responded to the Liz Miranda situation. Yeah, I can talk to them. Right, right. <laughs> never, never. So I kind of, I've, uh, this just happened. And I, I, I don't, maybe I'll get your, pick your brains about it later, but I'm honestly thinking like that day, the 16th, what if we hold, what if I speak there anyway, outside? I don't want to have a rally when no one comes, but I, so I would need a lot. Like I want to get this out there. Like turtle boys speaking. They're not going to let me in. I'm going to talk outside. I'm going to bring a megaphone and I'm going to confront whoever the state rep is that they invite. And I'm going to say, why haven't you said anything about Elizabeth Miranda? Why? Why are you silent? Why do you support racism? You fucking fraud. So anyway, I had to get that off my chest. All right. Let's talk about this asshole here in Melrose. Oh, yeah. And by the way, if you guys. Uh, oh, so anyway, I'm I started that rant because I'm banned from, um, uh, you know, monetizing this channel. So the Super Chat's gone. People like the Super Chat. You would donate. You'd get like a billboard that would come up with your name on it. It was cool, whatever. They don't let me do that anymore. They don't want you to give me your money. So how we got around that, we start our own Super Chat. So I go ahead and I link there right there. So that what I've just popped in the comments there is something called Turtle Chat. Not Super Chat, Turtle Chat. And I you what you'll do then is uh did it come up? Let's see. Where is it? There it is. Okay, I'm gonna pin that to the top, right? If you don't, if you click on that, you can donate whatever you want and you get to write your own little message on it. I will, you know, throughout the show, I'll, I'll go and I'll give a shout out to people who donated. I'll read your message. So if you want to give a shout out to your boy, your dog, call out, you know, somebody, maybe somebody canceled Halloween in your town. Maybe something like that happened. You want to call them out and they're bullshit. That is your opportunity to go right ahead. All right, so that's that. Also, I'm on Cash App. If you have Cash App, dollar sign, Uncle Turtle Boy, I will get a notification if you donate to that, and I will gladly read those out. Got Patreon and do another member-only group. Yeah, that's kind of what the Turtle Club is, man. So Turtle Club tomorrow night, if you want to do that, uh, I will be there. Okay. Uh, I mean, and I'm going to get fired up about this. Okay, I'm, I'm going to that fucking meeting. I don't care. Okay, anyway. Let's uh let's just jump right on this, shall we? So this story out of goddamn uh, Melrose today. I, you know, I see this, and I think this happened in Hopkinton too. They're actually trying to ban Halloween. Halloween. I I mean, I've heard that. Like, okay, you try to ban Columbus Day. I think that's fucking ridiculous. Col Columbus was a great explorer. His account, like he's got bigger balls than anybody who's trying to, you know, cancel him, whatever. He's a flawed person, but it is what it is. He's an important historical figure. So you want to cancel him? You know, he actually did shit that you could be like, well, that's not good. So I get that to an extent. Halloween? Who's offended by Halloween? Is there is there any holiday less offensive than Halloween? Christmas is more offensive than Halloween. Christmas, you're celebrating, you know, 
it's it's a Christian holiday. Isn't that offensive to Jews? But we get it off, right? Or uh, Thanksgiving. Like, aren't we celebrating imperialism and colonialism a little bit? Again, those are good things. But to me, that's a lot more offensive than Halloween. Who is the pe- who is the person out there that's offended by Halloween? I asked this question, and someone said, "Well, Jehovah's Witnesses." What? Since when did we start giving a fuck about Jehovah's Witnesses? I thought you were going to say Muslims or something. That at least I could understand. They're a marginalized group. Jehovah's Witnesses? Nobody gives a shit about Jehovah's Witnesses. And Jehovah's Witnesses don't care too. They want free candy too, baby. Aren't they? Jehovah's Witnesses are the people who come to your door and try to sell you religion, aren't they? And they have a problem with people coming to doors and asking for candy? What? What? Now, I understand All Hallows Eve is like the day before, you know, All Saints Day, technically. That's what it means. But nobody actually knows that or cares about that. We just want the candy. Kids just like to get dressed up. It's fun. Keep in mind, this is a bad pandemic, particularly for the children who have been punished. Even though they're the only group of people that COVID was not a threat to whatsoever. And they suffered the most from it because they were... You know, second graders have never had a normal year of school. Their first year, their kindergarten year was interrupted uh, halfway through and just ended. Their second year was like, you know, remote learning. And then you went in with masks on and it was hybrid and cohorts and all this bullshit. Now the third year, it's like they're still wearing masks. Remember, it was they were just going to do masks till October 1st. I told you the most guaranteed thing in the world is they're going to extend that, which they've now done until January 1st. Spoiler alert. It ain't going to end on January 1st either. It's never going to end ever. If you think it's going to end, if you think one day there's going to be like, yeah, do what you want. Don't wear masks. Go back to normal. You're retarded. There's no other way around it. You are a fucking moron. You shouldn't be allowed to vote, drive, have sex, procreate, nothing. You should be banned from everything. You're that fucking stupid. There's no other way around it. Of course they're not going to give you your rights back. Why the fuck would you, you idiot? You gave them to them. They're going to go, oh, yeah, here's your rights back. Yeah, yeah, you can take the mask off. Yeah, then I would, sure, I don't have any more control over you. But yeah, I'm just going to give that to you because I'm a nice guy. No, they're not. They're power-hungry tyrants. Fucking idiots. Anyway, I go on these little fucking tangents here, don't I? Anyway, if you're mad about Halloween, you're a cunt. Uh, you are, there, there's literally nobody who's asking for Halloween to be banned, but they went and they decided to ban it anyway. So let me pull up the blog. Oi, I'm fired up. Yeah, Exactly. The kids are all wearing masks and still getting like my kid. My kid got COVID in school. She's fine. People are like, oh, is she okay? Yeah, bitch, it's COVID. She's fine. <laughs> you don't have to ask, is your kid okay? I heard they got COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like, I really don't care. She's fine. She'll be she'll be good. She she was really upset she couldn't go to school actually, because she wasn't actually sick. She just had it. I didn't get it because I got I got the natural immunity because I've already had COVID. Um, but she got it vaccinated people in my house they got it i didn't get it because i got that natural immunity and it's better than the vaccine anyway let's talk about this broad 
So her name, her name, and I'm not making this up, is Julie Kuckenberger. Kuckenberger. That means that, that that's not her maiden name. It's her married name. So she married a guy named Cuck in Burger. Julie Cuck in Burger. Which sounds like something that I would, you know, name you. Oh, my God. She changed her fucking profile, too. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Look at what she changed her profile. You guys got to see this. You got to see this. I just went to her Facebook page. Oh, my goodness. The cuck. Okay. She changes it to be kind. <laughs> be kind. Oh, my God. Treat others the way you want to be treated. How is this a real person? It's just not like ever since I wrote the blog, this is how she has responded. Because I see all these turtle riders on here saying happy Halloween trick or treat. <laughs> see, I don't mind this. I say, you know, leave them alone. But this is funny. I mean, you go at her. It's like she's a public figure. She'll be fine. She let their fucking page wide open. This is hilarious. Okay. So anyway. Good. Good. Destroy her. She deserves it. She's a horrible, horrible, horrible person. And she hides behind this thing like I'm the good person, I'm the moral person. No, you're actually horrible. You're hurting kids, okay? You're taking something away from them that they like because you're a cunt. That's it. Period. End of story. All right. So here's the cuck, Julie Cuckenberger. And she makes $183,000 a year. And it says that she sent an email to parents that over the last, the past few years, even though she hasn't been there the past few years, school officials have been working to de-emphasize Halloween and shift our focus toward community building through fall celebrations. What the fuck is a fall celebration? So what you're going to have, we're celebrating deciduous trees. That's what we're doing now. Oh, fall. Yeah, the leaves change colors. We're going to have a celebration for the leaves changing colors, even though it's a little bit racist. No, but it's cool. The diverse leaves. Yellow, red, green, whatever, brown, doesn't matter. We have luck. So that's, we're going to celebrate that. The changing of the seasons. This is what we're fucking celebrating now. Uh, and that, like, who has been trying to de-emphasize Halloween? I've never heard that. Community building. That's the word right there. Communist, communist, community building. That's all they care about. Community building. What builds the community better than Halloween? <laughs> you literally have a bunch of strange children who you've never met before in your community showing up at your door. Like it's an, it's actually an excuse for you to meet your neighbors, which I mean, I've lived next. Like I don't talk to a lot of my neighbors, right? I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people are in a situation. You move into your house. I mean, shouldn't your neighbors be the ones to introduce you? We had a guy move in two houses down a couple years back. I went over there. I was, that's the way I was raised. If you have new neighbors, you go over there, you ring the doorbell and you say, welcome to the neighborhood. That's what you do. But people don't do that anymore. Halloween is a great time for community building. And now these people are trying to take it away because it's 
Why? Let's see. As a district, we value celebrations and community building activities that represent many cultures and traditions. We are committed to ensuring that all students and staff feel safe, included, and represented in our schools. Who the fuck feels unsafe by Halloween? Is it the costumes that get to you? What are you talking about? Um, and they're having this petition to bring it back, which is great. A holiday in tradition that started out centuries ago has now evolved into a modernized day of fun and costumes, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Melrose Public Schools have decided the, the term and celebration of Halloween in schools is no longer acceptable. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Especially following a pandemic. So basically their whole thing here is that it's not inclusive and equitable. Okay? Inclusive and equitable. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what critical race theory looks like in practice. Don't let the liberals fool you. This is what they love to say. Oh, critical race theory. When the right brings that up, let's turn on Joy Reid, who's still looking for the person that hacked into her account 10 years ago. You pull, you pull on her show, you'd be the first one to actually do that. And she's on there saying, critical race theory. That's a Republican conspiracy. There's no critical race theory. What are you people talking about? You just don't want us to teach about slavery. You want to pull books off of shelves, don't you? You don't want to teach kids about civil rights. You want to point, paint this picture that America was this perfect country with no problems and blah, 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 blah. Bitch, that's not what we want. We are, we've all grown up learning about the Civil War. We've all grown up learning about our country's flaws. I'm familiar with them. We all know America wasn't perfect. We get it. That's not what critical race theory is. It's never been what critical race theory was. Critical race theory is a much larger, you know, modern day societal thing that gets infused into the classroom that teaches that it's racial Marxism. Marxism, basically, uh, it teaches children that there are two groups of people in this in the, in our country the oppressors and the oppressed sounds a lot like communism the oppressors and the oppressed except in this case the oppressors are those of you know the caucasian variety and everyone else is the oppressed now if you're white and you're lgbtq whatever I guess you can get thrown in that pile, but you're still not quite as good unless you're transgender in which you supersede everyone. You know, ask Dave Chappelle. But th that's all this is, is just basically, you know, black, this society oppresses black and brown people. Therefore, we must uplift them in order to obtain equity, diversity, diversity, equity, and inclusion. There are not enough there should be a proportional amount of black and brown people in all segments of society, except the NFL, which is in the NBA, which is okay that those are almost all black. But besides that, everything else should be, you know, should look like the population. So if 15% of the population is black, then 15% of teachers should be black. And if your school doesn't have 15% of teachers that are black, then your school is not equitable. It is not inclusive because race matters. Race is the most important thing that there is. It's what defines you. It's what you identify as. It's how you divide into subgroups. This is what critical race theory is really all about. Is just this constant harping on your race, what you look like. That's what you're supposed to focus on. And it's not a quality of 
opportunity, which is what Martin Luther King wanted, it's a quality of outcomes. So we all must finish in the same spot, regardless of the fact that we all have the opportunity to get a free public education. Anyone can go to the library. Anyone can take advantage of these opportunities whenever they want. But the fact of the matter is that white people on average are taking advantage of them more often. And as a result, we don't have equity. And guess what? We're never going to have equity because that's a stupid goal to have. That's a stupid goal to have. Equity. Who gives a shit? Whoever, I'll tell you what equity is. Whoever works the hardest gets the most. That's it. That's equity. That's equality. That, these people don't like that. So whenever you hear the terms diversity, equity, and inclusion, guys, a bell should go off in your head. Ding, 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 ding. They said it. Diversity, equity, inclusion. I know what that means. Train yourself when you hear those words, which I'm sure most of you have already done by now. When you hear those words, diversity, equity, and inclusion, something should go off in your eyes. That is a Trojan horse for critical race theory. They are about to dump a whole shitload of critical race theory on your front lawn. And you're not even going to know it, but, but you know it because you listen to this show. So anyway, like some things that they're trying to do to, you know, hat, you know, have equity is like for, I wrote about this in Boston over the summer. They're trying to, uh, get rid of entrance exams for these. They, Boston has three schools. I think Boston, Latin, and a couple others that are exam schools. I think J.D. O'Brien, you have to take an exam to get in. And they're higher paced than regular, you know, the regular public schools. And that's good. So it gives kids, you know, the best and the brightest of Boston want to stay in Boston. And they're, they keep their families in Boston because they want to send their kids to those exam schools. And so they send them there uh, based on this exam. Well, the problem is you don't have equity when that happens because a disproportionate amount of the student body in these exam schools is white. You don't have a quality of outcomes then. You have a quality of opportunity. Anyone can take the test, right? Anyone can take the test, but you don't have a quality of outcomes, which is what they find unacceptable. Now think back how civil rights leaders, you know, would have looked at this, how they would have looked at this, like Martin Luther King, all he wanted was a quality of opportunity. He wanted the right to vote without the right to vote. You don't have a quality of opportunity without the right to go to the places that the white people can go to. Then you don't have a quality of opportunity. That's what he wanted. He didn't want equity. He wanted a quality of opportunity. And so the so the old school civil rights solution to like this example of the exam schools would be oh great they're letting us take the test let's get better at the test let's you know get you know uh, let's get some you know speak to some african american students train them for this test and that's our goal let's set a goal and let's reach it that's what you would do now they don't do that anymore no, no, no. The new civil rights leader is like, fuck the test. The test is racist. Let's get rid of it. And that's what they're doing now. And now we got equity. Because without standards now, and it, you know, it's it's a free-for-all. There you go. Anyway, that's one example of that. And Julie Kuckenberger, the cuck, is uh, she subscribes to this philosophy. 
So anyway, but to do this to kids, to get rid of Halloween because it's not equitable is just so evil because kids love Halloween. They love it, especially the little kids, man. It's an excuse for them to get dressed up. They're not even allowing teachers to have like pumpkins and shit in the Melrose public schools. Like you can't say happy Halloween. Are you fucking kidding me? Every parent in Melrose should send their kid to school in a costume for Halloween. Fuck this cunt. She does not get to decide what you do and what you don't do. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. These pictures are all over her Facebook page. Are they still there? Did she take them down? Oh, did this bitch take down the pictures? Let me see. Oh, my God. Oh, no, they're all still up. She all has them up. All her pictures are up. At least I blacked her kid's face out in some of them. Well, it's already blacked out there. She made her fucking kid wear a mask. What an asshole. So here they are every year getting dressed up for Halloween. Jack-o'-lanterns. It works. Oh, there she is. Halloween. It's fun. And by the way, the cucks, they don't even send their kid to the Melrose Public Schools. <laughs> I bet you her Montessori school, whatever the fuck that is, I bet you they celebrate Halloween there. I bet you their diversity, equity, inclusion specialist hasn't banned them. Oh, and by the way, she's already canceled Christmas last year. Let's all stay home for real this time. For No, 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 no. If you stayed home for Christmas or Thanksgiving, you're a fucking idiot. You listened to that animal murdering piece of shit, Tony Fauci, who should be strung up and put in Guantanamo Bay at this point. That's how much of a waste of space piece of shit Tony Fauci is. Just an evil motherfucker doing tests on dogs. Watch, that'll, that'll finally get him... Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want to kids. You fuck with dogs, you're done. Anyway, that's another rant I could go on. So this person is, uh, you know, she's your typical kind of educator. Right? And I wrote about this in the blog. All right. So when I first started teaching, you go to these faculty meetings, right? And all the teachers are in there. And there was this one teacher that kind of came in with me. Now I got into teaching because I loved teaching. Like when I was a first first grade kid, I wanted to be a first grade teacher. I went to second grade. I want to be a second grade teacher. My kid wants to be a teacher. It's in our blood. We're educators at heart. And the, the girl wants to. I don't know about the boy. He's never going to grow up, he says. But the girl says she wants to be a teacher. So I, you know, I loved teaching. I didn't want to do anything but teaching. I had zero desire to be a principal. None. I understood it came with more money, but you also had to work summers and like, it wasn't fun. Like this, this doesn't look like a fun job. You sit in an office and you go to all these meetings and shit and you, they're so boring. And you talk about graphs and, and data and how are we going to get test scores up? And God knows what they're talking about now. Diversity, equity, inclusion. I'm like, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not. No fucking way. I, I was meant to be in the classroom. I was meant to teach young children. Not young kids. I had 11th graders. But, you know, young minds. Mold young minds into great thinkers. Teach them about things that, you know, they'd never learned before. I loved that. I loved that. And I loved them getting better at it. And every year of the nine years I was at Shepherd Hill, I definitely feel like I got better at my job. You know, the first year, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You just kind of winging it. 
and then you 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 perfect your craft every year like cuz you're teaching the same shit every year so you learn the subject material better every single year and you learn new lessons and you learn what works and what doesn't you remember like last year okay like this this thing didn't work last year when i tried it like or why don't i you know I, let's ditch that lesson let's try uh this new one or maybe i saw a video on youtube where i'm like oh this would be a cool video to show to kids in class about this particular particular topic you know we do review games and i'd i'd, I'd perfect the review game make that more entertaining like we had we had cool shit like p kids liked my class it was hard you had to take it seriously but kid that's one thing that kids left my class saying every year is like you know it was you were hard like you're definitely harder than any teacher i've ever had for history but i actually felt like i learned history in your classroom like that was the common refrain amongst most students a lot of kids came into the classroom they were used to history just being boring and you know you get it done and you know it's concepts it's not really brought to life much and you you learn it all and you take your multiple choice tests and you get your you do your homework and you get your grade and then you know you you, you move on with your life whereas with me it was like hard like you're going to have to study you're going to have to really learn history because my tests were like a lot of essays a lot of short answers put it in your own words kind of shit like, I want to see how well you know this. And like, if you're missing things at minus point here, minus point there, whatever kids that were used to getting, you know, A's and B's their whole life come to me for the first time and they get their first test and it's the 62 and they're like, what the fuck? I don't get 62s. And I got a lot of emails from parents like the first week. And I'm like, don't sweat it. I'm like, this happens all the time they'll they'll come for extra help if you need to just figure out the system figure figure me out figure the class out figure out what i'm looking for figure out how to get that done and you might forget a lot of this stuff you might not remember who william jennings bryan was biggest loser in america history you might forget about him 10 years from now but what you'll remember and what you'll learn from this is how to like overcome a problem Right? Like I'm the problem. I'm the guy that's busting your balls, taking points off here and there. You need to figure out what I'm looking for and how to do that. And then you need to just go and do it. And by the end of the year, man, kids, I gave out more. The most common grade I gave out was A. Like 40% of the kids in my class got A's. And the next common grade was B. And then I think it was C, F, and D. Like, it's hard to get a D. The D is such a specific range. It's like between 60 and 70. If you're going to be that low, you might as well just fail. Like, that was kind of the thing. A lot of kids hang out in the failing range. They have like a 54 average, and then they come in the last day of school, and they're like, yo, can I do some extra credit? Uh, you can, but that ain't going to make up for, you know, six points over four quarters, which is really 24 points in one quarter. So I can't really do it. You know, it is what it is. So kids really learn history in my class and I loved it, man. I got high on it. Like I, 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 I loved history. I loved pedagogy. I loved teaching. You know, I had great reviews. I could show you my reviews and I got results done. There was two other junior, there was two other 11th grade teachers at Shepherd Hill teaching history. And at some point they decided they were going to institute since there's no MCAS for history and they wanted to evaluate us. They're going to have a standardized uh, United States history 
final. And I was hesitant at first. I'm like, I, I like giving my own final. But then I'm like, if we're going to, I'm like, but then I realized, I'm like, oh, this could actually work out well for me. And so it was just 150 question, multiple choice test to end the year. That's it. Those are easy to correct to. Those, that's kind of sweet. You get it done quickly. And my kids, what, you know, my class average on the final was like 85 and the other ones were like 70. Like it was like 15 points higher. And that was my claim. Like I took great pride in that. So my, my bottom line here is like, I, there are, and there's plenty of teachers like that in the public schools. A lot of people hate on the public schools. Now there's some really good teachers in the public schools and I'll, 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 I'll forever keep my kids in the public schools because I don't abandon them for the ghetto. I stay, they, I, they belong to me and I believe in there. And I, I still think there's a lot of good teachers left who want to teach. But there, and there are, you know, a lot of people like that, but there are a lot of people who are just, you know, the older people that are just going along with the flow and they don't want to interrupt the way things they've always done. And you know what? I think that's okay too. We've all had teachers like that. I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate, right? I'm sure you've had teachers, right? That you, the old teacher who is five years from retirement, who's just kind of going, doing the same lessons that they've been doing for the last 30 years. You know what? I kind of respect that. Their class, I didn't learn that much in their class, but I respected them because they've been there a while and they put their time in and they've worked with kids all their lives and they, they shouldn't have to change up what they're doing because some new fucking train of thought came around and it was what it was, okay? But there's also the kind of teachers, the younger ones that kind of came in with me when I first came in. And I remember there was one woman in particular, I won't say any names, but you knew this woman was a climber you knew she was there to try to become a principal. The kids didn't like her. She wasn't a good teacher because she didn't give a shit about teaching. She, I mean, she, she taught, she, she was there every day, but she, you know, she's 24 years old working on her master's degree in administration. I got my master's degree in history. These people that get their master's degree in administration, it's because they want to be principals. And if you want to be a principal, I'm sorry. Something's a little wrong with you. Like you're not in it for the right reasons. Nobody wants to be a fucking principal. The job sucks. It's boring. It's not fun. It defeats the purpose of being in a public school. I don't get it. I don't trust anyone who wants to be a principal the same way. I don't trust any cop who wants to be a police chief because you're a pol You don't want to be a cop. You want to be a politician. So this woman is exactly that type. She had no desire to be a teacher whatsoever. You look at her resume and it's okay. She was in New Jersey from 2002 to 2011 teaching, you know, first grade, third grade, kindergarten, bounce around from school to school. I didn't even read all this bullshit. It doesn't matter. Okay. And then she becomes in 2012, she gets her master's degree and she gets a job as a director of curriculum and instruction. Could you possibly pick a more boring title for a job? We had one of those in Dudley Charlton. I don't know what the fuck they did. I don't think they know what the fuck they did. Teachers just talk shit about directors of curriculum and instruction. Like in, in our meetings, we just, we just blast just the, 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 the department meetings for social studies or whatever. It's like all they are, are just bitch sessions. It's kind of, it's kind of therapeutic. You just get in there and bitch about kids. <laughs> you bitch about you know, administration not having your back. You bitch about everything. And you'd bitch, you'd bitch about people like this 
We're like, who the fuck is it? This woman's making $120,000 a year to do what? Make us do all this work? What you, this is stupid, okay? I could write all, I could go on about that all day. But anyway, people like Kuckenberger take it because they are just climbers. They're not going to stop at this job. This is just, they're climbing the ladder. And then she goes and gets her PhD, and I shit you not, at Boston College, Educational Leadership for Social Justice. That is a fucking something you can get your doctorate in. Social justice. So she's an actual social justice doctor. Dr. Justice. And you go on her page and you kind of understand why. Okay. She, learning is hard. Unlearning is harder. This is a couple days after George Floyd, when she and many other white women suddenly gave a shit about black people. Out of nowhere, suddenly they cared. And they cared because they read Dr. Ibram Kendi, the ultimate, he's like, you know, he's the ultimate black race hustler. Robin D'Angelo is his white counterpart. These people made millions of dollars off of the death of George Floyd. They saw that guy sitting on the ground, choking away, dying away. And they're like, oh, don't get off. Don't get off. Stay. If he dies, cha-ching, 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 black, white, it was perfect for them. They are going to sell so many books. Like the George Floyd thing was so perfect for them because we've seen Michael Brown. Like it's hard to feel bad for Michael Brown. He robbed the store owner, right? He's 400 pounds. He's an asshole. It wasn't on film. Some of these other ones, they're always something about them. It's like they're resisting arrest. They're doing something really bad, whatever. And then you see George Floyd lying on the ground, fucking trying to breathe. And the guy's on his neck and he's, and he's black and the cop is white. It was the perfect storm for these people. And so, of course, she's buying his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, because she needs to be a good white woman and check herself. And she also uh, loves uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. One small action. Today I knew I want to go for a run. I can't believe she wrote this. So I took time to find an audiobook that would help me be aware of my race while running. Imagine ever writing those words. I want to be aware of my race while running. Oh, you didn't know you were white before, bitch? Oh, now you know. Well, now you know you're white. Okay. As a white woman, I am sometimes aware of my gender when I run, but never my race. What? I never have to run in fear of being shot. You know why you never have to run for fear of being shot, bitch? Because you live in Melrose. Ain't no one got a fear of being shot. And nobody feels that way in Boston. Like I, I go running in. Pete, go to New York City. Assholes running everywhere, everywhere in New York City. Go to Boston. Run to Charles River. Motherfuckers are running everywhere. Literally, no one is afraid to go running. Okay, that's not a thing. But they all think it is because I'm at Arbery. I never had to run in fear of being shot. I chose, and this is exactly the type of shit, by the way that Monica Cannon Grant capitalizes us. Like she sees this language and she's like, oh, this white woman's never been to Roxbury. In her mind, Roxbury is this place filled with just cops and black people shooting at each other constantly. Like you go into Roxbury, it's like entering Roxbury, you go in there, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I done almost got shot. Monica's out here dodging bullets. Woo, woo, lifting up the FUPA. Trying not to get shot. 
dodging bullets. This is so she's like she sees this idiotic white woman. She's like, oh, I can I can make I can make a caricature of Boston as this lawless place filled that's just like systemic racism is at fault here. And give me just give me money. Just buy my book. You're so fragile if you don't buy this book, white people. Just just buy it. So she buys in all these other. It's like such an awesome book. <laughs> I'm halfway through this too. Of course you are. The only people who read this book are dumb white bitches. That's it. Dumb white bitches. If you bought this book, you're a fucking idiot. You shouldn't be allowed to vote, drive, or reproduce. End of story. We need less microaggressions and more microaffirmations. Whatever the fuck that means. We must understand the privilege our whiteness gives us. So we can create a safe and inclusive society for all people. What is white privilege, really? I am committed to understanding my whiteness. Your whiteness? What the fuck is your whiteness? That's not a thing. I don't have whiteness in me. I'm not. You know what that is? Bitch, it's called the fucking sun. That's my whiteness. I don't get nearly enough sun. If I go out there and fucking sit in the sun all day, I ain't going to be that white for that long. My whiteness. Oh, goodness gracious. And the privilege and opportunities it brings me every day. Oh, my God. So it just goes on and on. She brainwashes her kid. Look at this. To like Biden and Trump. Okay. Not Trump. Biden and Harris. He is so nice. Uh, no, he's not. He's actually a piece of shit who is, you know, happy to watch firefighters, cops, and first responders lose their job because they won't get a vaccine. Yeah. Be a president. Okay. Thank goodness, she says. Today is a good day. It's easier to be a parent this morning. Character matters. Oh, that's a Van Jones quote. And then you see this. It's like, look, I love this picture. This girl staring at the TV. Like, could you possibly pick a worse role model for your child than Kamala Harris? Yeah, girl, that can be you. That See her on TV. That can be t you too. If you suck the right dick. Yeah, like Kamala did. The, let me tell you about this guy named Willie Brown. Oh, he was. So Willie, you know, Kamala was a hot young thing. She's about 28 years old. You know, got her law degree, working up in the world. And then there was this guy named Willie Brown. Oh, Willie Brown had connections. He had connections. He was going through a divorce, and you know Willie liked to Willie liked to get his dick sucked. That's the thing about Willie, and everybody knew that. So Kamala, being the you know enthusiastic young climber that she is, she's like, I need to suck that guy's dick, and he's going to hook me up. And he did. He he did. And you know he's a former mayor of San Francisco. He got her jobs and opportunities that she would not have gotten. If this woman who was 32 young years younger than him didn't suck his dick, period. That's what you're teaching this girl. Yeah, that can be you too. If you suck the right dick, baby girl, just get it done. Just do it. Just close your eyes. I know it's going to be a little bit gross. He's 60. It's kind of nasty. Just, just do it. You'll be in a much better place. Trust me. That's what you're teaching your fucking kid by doing that. God, these people are stupid. Oh, all this shit. And then this was my favorite. This one right here. She actually is surprised by this. Seriously? I saw this meme going around and I'm like, everybody who shared it was like mocked and ratioed. <laughs> They're so mad that LeBron James, who is the wokest superstar in sports history, makes, what does he make? 
$37 million. And Sue Bird, who nobody's ever heard of before in the WNBA, makes $215,000. She's like, and what was her comment for that? Um, Seriously? Yes. Okay, honey. Um, If you don't understand why this is, you should not be allowed to vote, reproduce, or drive a car, and you shouldn't be allowed to run public school system. Definitely not. Uh, If you can't figure this out on your own. It's called revenue. The NBA brings in revenue because guess what? People want to watch grown athletic six foot eight men dunk on each other. It's fun to watch. It's exciting. Ain't nobody want to watch a bunch of bounce passes and, you know, fundamental. We would watch white people play if that's what we wanted. I'd watch, you know, I'd watch fucking two white high schools play each other boys. And it would be about as competitive as the WNBA. Nobody dunks. Nobody gives a shit. The WNBA is a welfare league that is completely subsidized by the NBA parent teams. And by the way, if LeBron James is so woke, why doesn't he donate his salary to Sue Bird? Whoever the fuck she is. Why not? You're woke, right? LeBron, donate your salary to this chick. Put the quit in equity. Give it to her, LeBron. Be a good guy. Anyway, this woman's got a history. So she gets, um, after the New Jersey thing, she she moves to Massachusetts and becomes assistant superintendent of the Haverhill Public Schools. Now, that's an actual diverse school district. If she actually gave a shit about black and brown people, she'd stay in Haverhill. It's a very gritty, blue-collar city. But she doesn't. She's just climbing the ladder. Assistant superintendent. Not enough. Assistant. So she, then she goes... In, in 2016 and gets a job in Scarborough, Maine for superintendent. And while she is there, it doesn't go too well, but let me just go on a tangent here. The Worcester public schools and a lot of, and, and this is a big philosophical thing with school committees is who should we hire? To, Cause school committees hire the superintendent. And it's always comes down to two things. Should we hire a local person or an outsider and progressives want you to pick an outsider. They don't trust people within the school system because they're like, oh, he's a townie. We don't get equity that way. You know, we need to bring someone in with a new philosophy, a fresh set of ideas to come in here. And that red Dr. Kendi and, and red Robin D'Angelo and is ready to institute diversity, equity, and inclusion and bring us into the 21st century and saying all these buzz, buzzword bullshit. Worcester had one of these. If you read Turtle Boy back in its infancy, this woman, I used to shit on this woman so much. Her name was Dr. Melinda Boone. Doctor. Dr. Boone. And she was driving the Worcester Public Schools into the ground because there was a fight at North High School every other fucking day. And principals were getting assaulted in the face. And she wouldn't put police in schools because that's racist. Now, Dr. Boone was not from Massachusetts. She's from Virginia. She's a carpetbagger. She has no ties to here whatsoever. And that she was brought in specifically because of this. And she did a horrible job. Nobody liked her. Including Tracy Novick, who voted against her. Who voted to get rid of her. So Dr. Boone, after I just savaged her over and over again in these blogs, resigned in disgrace in 2015. She was added to the Turtle Boy graveyard. Well, that is exactly the kind of person that they want to bring in. After they got rid of her, 
they brought in a lovely woman named Maureen Benenda, who was the principal of my high school, South High School, worked in the system for like 40 years, was a teacher for 20 years, uh, you know, worked with, and it was like one of those really hands-on principals, was never in the office, knew every kid's name in the school, gave kids rides to school, like lived in Worcester, grew up in Worcester. She's as Worcester as you get. She's exactly the kind of person, she's extremely popular. Well, the new woke school committee gave her the boot. And now they're going to do a national search and they're going to bring in someone like this. Cause they're like, they don't want to bring it. Like it's not woke to bring in somebody from within the system. Cause they don't, they haven't read Robin D'Angelo. They don't, they don't examine their whiteness. That's not, that's what they want now. So Kuckenberger is from the Melinda Boone school of education, except she's white. So she has to overcompensate a little bit more. Like you ain't going to get the job as a white person. If you're an out of towner, if you ain't really fucking woke, really, really, really woke. So anyway, she gets the job in Scarborough, Maine. And this guy is the principal of Scarborough high school. He's a townie. His name is uh, David Creech. He's been there a long time. Well-known in the town. Kids like him. He's popular, but he's not woke. He's not buying into her bullshit. So she fires him. She's like, she's like, you need to resign. And when they tell you that, you kind of have to, or else you have to get fired, which sucks. You don't get the compensation package. So he resigns. Well, then his wife speaks out for him and blasts the shit out of this woman in 2018 on Facebook and calls her out. And it's like, okay. People get the word out. 83 to 1. The teachers in the high school. 83 to 1. They vote no confidence in this woman. That is insane. 83 liberal teachers, probably. were like, no, fuck this woman. This guy's a good principal. She's the problem. This outsider. She's not even from here. And the union called for a resignation. And the school committee wouldn't fire her. So what happens? The townsfolk get together and they create a recall to get rid of the school committee, which is crazy. Three members of the school committee that won't fire her. They're like, well, we'll fire you then. And that's great civic. That's beautiful. Good for the people of Scarborough, Maine. And the, the kids really like this guy and some kids can vote. And so the kids organize voter registration drives to the school. The liberals should love this. They're the people that want to lower the voting age to 16. Vote. Get out there. Do your job. Vote, 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 vote. Democrat, but vote, 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 vote. So they do. And so any, like, these are the same people who applauded the Parkland kids. And every time they get involved in, in, in our democratic process, they fucking love it. Well, they didn't like, she didn't like this very much. She didn't like it much at all. And so she bans voter registration drives at the school. Why? <laughs> Which is insane. Insane. Because they're trying to register to vote to get rid of the people who won't get rid of her. Cause they're, so she's banning kids from voting. Cause essentially the kids would be voting to get rid of her. That's insane. It was so insane. And so horrible that even the ACLU and the secretary of state of Maine, both wrote letters condemning her. And guess what? The recall worked. Over two-thirds of the people 
voted to get rid of all three members. God, I love that. That's when democracy really works. So they get rid of them. And then she still won't leave because she's like, I ain't got a job, bitch. And you can't get rid of me. It's like Costanza when he got fired and just kept coming into the office. That's what she does. Just kept coming into office. And I found, I searched for her name. The first thing I get is this thing, Concerned Taxpayers Scarborough, Maine. And they're really pissed about this. So anyway, she uh, leaves in 2019 because her contract's up and they don't, the new school committee doesn't renew it and she needs a job. So Hamilton Wedham, she's like, oh, let's go back to Mass. Hamilton Wedham, one of the whitest school districts in the state. Really nice towns, though, in the North Shore. Love Hamilton and Wedham. And they, you know, hired to be assistant superintendent, or no, interim superintendent. But so it's a temporary job, and she's looking for a good job. She, you know, um, applies in Peabody. Peabody don't hire her. So she also applies in Melrose, which is, you know, it's a little bit of a nicer town. Peabody's not that bad, but it's a city. It's, you know, it is what it is in, in Peabody. It's pretty, pretty average. Um, Melrose is nice, though. It's yuppie and liberal, but it's a nice town. So she ends up getting the job there. Let's watch if we can, okay? Bits and pieces. Uh, we'll end by watching this video because this is fucking... Uh, just hearing her voice. Did you guys listen to this today? Hearing her voice is just like, ugh. God, I hate her. Okay, nope, wrong one. Don't want that one. I want. Melrose is a city. Well, whatever. Call it what you want. Town, city, same shit. Like they have a mayor, but it's a small town. So this is a woman. This is like five days after coronavirus happened to. And knows what it takes to. Um, implement transformational change um, and while also maintaining what the district values and cares about most. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, our first our first question comes from Molly Vab, who is an elementary school parent here in Melrose. And she asks, what are the tactics and best practices you have used to communicate effectively with parents and community members in your career? Hi, Molly, thanks for your question. Um, so over time, my communication style has evolved as I learn more as a leader, um, but also as I try to adapt based on what each community that I'm serving um, prefers. So I think one of the, the things in my... Sorry, just let me take them one moment. To I forgot to thank the Turtle Chat people, so I wanna read a couple Turtle Chats that we got. Um, Share screen. So the first one here is from our guy, Bill Giglio. Oh, Bill's running for Medford School Committee, guys. So if you live in Medford, vote for my guy, Bill. Bill Giglio. Vote for him. Um, so there you go. Thank you very much for the dono, Bill. I appreciate that. Also, $10 here from, uh, from Frank A. It says, Turtle Boy really performs a thankless job. Well, you just thanked me, so... Um, I appreciate that very much, Frank A. Really appreciate that. Very cool of you guys. All right. Um, 
So let's go back to the video. There we go. Entry process will be really learning um, and understanding how do people in Melrose like to receive their information? Um, is this a community that relies on social media? Is there a local paper that folks rely on? Do you prefer direct emails right from the school department? Community knowledge um, from. All right, here we go. I'm going to ask you. Here we go. Look at this. First of all, look at this woman. That is a Melrose woman, if I've ever seen. I don't know who this woman is or what she does. I, I know everything I need to know about it just by listening to her. I guarantee she has no black people in her neighborhood. None. I guarantee she voted for Joe Biden. That is 100% in the bank just by looking at her. That she went to the Women's March. That she believed Christine Blasey Ford, but not Tara Reid. I know everything I need to know about this woman just by looking at her. She probably has a Black Lives Matter sign in her yard. These people, they're all just the same, aren't they? But anyway, she's in charge of the hiring process in the Melrose schools. We actually have two related questions around supporting LGBTQ students. Um, and so I think I'll read them both and then you can sort of- Oh, is it on Echo? Take them in any order or however you want. Um, so the first is that um, has to do with uh, the middle school and high school level. And then the other question actually has to do with supporting LGBTQ students at the K to five level. So uh, let me read them both. They're from two parents, um, Tracy Crookshank and Kitty Flynn. And the first question is Melrose has an active gay straight alliance at the high school and middle school level, as well as a parent support group in the, in the community. It's called Epic. Um, what support do you anticipate offering in terms of training for teachers, staff, and volunteers in our district to support the LGBTQ student population? And then the second part, as I mentioned, is what is your experience with LGBTQ students in the K-5 to level and how to best support them? Sure. Thank you, Tracy and Kitty, for your questions. Um, <clears throat> first, uh, I think it starts with modeling. I believe that it's important for every superintendent, every school leader um, to model what it means to truly be safe and inclusive um, in every setting of our schools. And so if you were to come to my office today, you would see right outside my door, I have um, a safe space sticker on my door and I am proud. Um, um, oh, for fuck's sake. I have a safe space sticker on my door. Is there anything, anything less meaningless than that the just in case your kids were oh i thought i was gonna die in there i thought it was a danger that was a danger space turns out it's safe i'm safe in there this is a fucking adult who using the word safe space but i um to open my door and welcome all to come in and share their stories with me uh when I transitioned to Scarborough, one of my first interactions with students was learning from a student who um, was struggling to fit into the culture and climate based on his own sexual orientation, and in fact was requesting to be placed outside of the district. Uh, from that, hearing his story, hearing of his experiences, and also the experiences that he um, was suggesting that we engage staff in and students in in order to create a safer space for all students um, really enlightened me and you know opened the door to many conversations. So with that knowledge in mind. Oh, 
All, her entire understanding of LGBTQ issues comes from an an elementary school student who, for some reason, is gay already. What? So, th so he's trans. Like the fact that this is even a thing is the problem in and of itself because they're trying to push this on you instead of just letting kids be kids. They're trying to push this fucking bullshit LGBTQ agenda on you, which is why y'all need to vote for Chanel Susie if you live in Worcester, because she's the she's standing up to that shit too. I, I, I then started, started talking with, with other students, students about their experiences um, and the role that their um, the culture and the climate was playing in, in in their education. One of the things that came out of those many conversations was that myself, along with several other students at the high school, created an equity improvement network. Um, and then through that equity improvement network, the students really took the lead. They created, website. Website. Um, they, they created a website. They created a list of resources for staff, including um, a library, a social justice library that was categorized by grade level. Um, they also led some professional development for the leadership team. So they would create these little mini lessons, if you will. Um, for example, one was about microaggressions. Another was about um, gender identity and um, fluidity. So just to review, at her old school that she got driven out of, which for some reason Melrose didn't look into, she had students put students in charge and design professional developments for, for teachers that focused on gender fluidity, safe spaces, and creating a social justice library because the library itself is not sufficient. We need a social justice library. This is an adult saying this. This is an actual adult. She, Of course, she doesn't mean any of this. These, She's just a power-hungry lunatic who is just saying the things that she knows that they want to hear in Melrose because that is how you obtain power. That's all these people care about is obtaining and maintaining power once they get the power and this is so she doesn't mean she knows this is ridiculous she knows this is dumb but she wants to be superintendent so she's going to say what she needs to say to impress this white woman across the aisle from her and they would educate the principals and the directors in the district about um what they thought they could be doing or little simple things that teachers could be doing one example that came from the students was um, like on the first day of class, instead of reading off students' names, you could um, simply just say their last name and ask how they preferred to identify. Um, another example that came from the students was creating, you know, when you create name tags, also having stickers with pronoun preferences so that, you know, whether it was adults or students could then publicly start to um, you know, share what their preferred pronouns were, making it more of a norm and decreasing the. She actually said that, guys, and she was serious too. That at her old school, on the first day of school, when they're like, "What's your name? Let's learn each other's names." Oh no, no, no! We're not going to learn each other's names because you might change your name. You might be trans. There's a good chance you're trans. Actually, probably half of you guys are trans. So your first names really aren't that important. And if I learn that your name is, you know, Mike, I'm going to assume you're a guy. 
And I don't want to assume that. I don't know what you're really like. You might be Mike for now. You might be Michelle by the end of the year. I don't know. Or you might be something kind of in between. There's a spectrum. Remember the gender bender bread spectrum there? Some You're on there somewhere. Like This isn't a joke. This is actual real life. This is not the onion. This is a real life person saying this, that this is the policy of the public schools. We don't do first names. No, 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 no. We do only last names because first names come and go. Way to be transphobic. Go on. Stigma around having references. Um, Myself, if you were to get an email from me today, you would see that I too list my preferred pronouns at the bottom of my email. Just another small way of modeling and signaling um, that, you know, all, all people are welcome and safe here. What a fucking asshole. What an absolute asshole. God, imagine bragging about that. Like, what do you do? So how are you going to run the public? Sure, I was a corrupt piece of shit who got admonished by the ACLU and the Secretary of State, and there was a whole fucking recall election in town. The entire school board was thrown out of office early because they wouldn't fire me. I was that fucking hated in the community. I fired a well-respected principal. And the entire community rallied around him and drove me the fuck out of here. That's why I'm here right now. Because I'm no longer welcome in the entire state of Maine. I'm so well known up there. I'm that much of a fucking asshole. And here I am. Now I want to run your schools. And shockingly, she makes headlines again. Canceling fucking Halloween. You get what you pay for, folks. What is wrong with the people of Mel? What is wrong with the... I mean, they might like this. Who knows? Canceling Halloween, you might have gone a little bit too far. A little bit too crazy there on the social justice meter. Okay? So this is insane. We should call this out when we see it. People like this, they control the institutions. They're powerful. They're more powerful than you. Trust me. There's a reason that they're winning. Because they have the power. You guys got to vote, man. You got to vote in local elections. You gotta vote. It's embarrassing that I got seven hundred something votes in this in in Holden. People didn't vote. People had signs for me. They didn't fucking vote. You get what you fucking pay for, folks. Vote. Stop. You know why people in this are in power? Because assholes vote. They get out and they vote. So you need to vote too. If you're not, if you're watching the show and you're like this lady's fucking crazy, and you didn't vote in your local school committee election, you're part of the problem. Spoiler alert. Vote. Stop fucking sitting on your ass. Stop complaining about these people and fucking do something about it. Vote in every single fucking election. It's your right. It's your right. Look at the people in Scarborough, Maine did. They drove this cunt out of there. That's what happened. Good for the people of Scarborough, Maine. God bless you. I don't know if we have any Scarborough people in house. I don't even know where Scarborough is. How far? How It's on the beach, right? Where is Scarborough? Where is it near? Oh, it's near Old Orchard. Okay, it's right, it's between Portland and Old Orchard. Okay. Past Kenny Bunkport. All right. So there we go. Do like they did. Get them out of there. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, why don't I do a little question Q&A if you guys have anything? Fire away. It's been a long show. 
So get rid of Tracy Novick for good. Uh, Trace, uh, spoiler alert, Tracy Novick's not going to lose. So Tracy Novick might get first place on, 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 I hope not. But there's the incumbents are the, the top two vote getters are, are not running for reelection. So she's one of the top returning ones. And so she has a following, but we need to get our girl Chanel Susie. I hope you vote Savvy Bear. Who any any Worcester Turtle Riders in in the fee right now? Let me know if you're there. I need you people to vote next a week from today for Chanel Susie. All right, she oh, and only her. Bullet, you can vote for six. Only her. Everyone else deserves to lose, especially Laura Clancy. Wait to tell you what she did to my mother. That fucking bitch. That oh, mm. I hate her. Yeah, the All Star Game, hilarious, hilarious. They're letting the, in case you didn't know, um, so they moved the All-Star. I didn't watch a single baseball game this year, including the Red Sox, because I was so disgusted with what Major League Baseball did to Atlanta when they moved the All-Star game out of Georgia because Georgia passed a voting rights, a voting rights, uh, basically a voter integrity law that says you have to show ID to vote and a bunch of other shit, you know. And then d- Democrats pretended that this was going to keep black people from voting and they called it racist. And they, they made corporations like, be like, do you support this? And so MLB would not allow Atlanta to have the all-star game, even though the Atlanta Braves had nothing to do with this. They're a private organization. They were punished because the democratically elected government of Georgia passed a law that every conservative in this country likes and, and agrees with all of us. And so, but, and, but they were basically like, you are so disgusting. If you like this law and you support this law, which I do, you are so vile. We can't even play a baseball game in your state. Well, that is worse than, than kneeling for the anthem. It's a million times worse. If you don't understand that that is a million times worse than kneeling for the anthem, then you're a fucking moron too, period. They are literally taking a dump on your head. The, the people kneeling for a flag were just fucking virtue signaling people doing a trendy thing. And let's be honest, I've taken pisses during the national anthem. I don't stand up for the anthem at home. You don't really care that much. Nobody gives a shit that much. Sorry. It's not that big of a deal. This actually moving a fucking game out of a state because of a specific law that every conservative in the country agrees with. They are shitting on your face. They are telling you, you are a fucking filthy, disgusting, wasteful piece of shit. And you don't even get baseball, motherfucker. You're not worthy of baseball. Well, now the Braves are in the World Series. And and I am rooting for the Braves. I was, I, I, I don't know if I'll watch a game because the Braves are the only team that stood up and said something about that. They were the only ones affected by it too. But they're the only people like, this is wrong. You should not be doing this to us. And so now it's a Texas team against the Georgia team. The two states that both passed fucking voter <laughs> voter laws. And now what are they going to do? So let me get this straight. It's so offensive that you can't play an all-star game there. But you can play a World Series there, which is a lot more money than an all-star game. It's a series. Oh, right. You don't actually give a shit. You were just virtue signaling and giving it to the mob, you filthy pieces of shit. There you go. So, of course, of course, Atlanta, baby. And like, yeah, and Houston cheats. Go Braves. 
Go out there. You know, Atlanta's only one. They've had four sports teams in the past. They don't have the Thrashers anymore. You know how many fucking championships the entire? Let's see if anybody can get this. How many championships has the entire city of Atlanta won in its history? All sports, all professional sports leagues. How many total championships have they won? Who's the two? The answer is one. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's one. The Atlanta Braves won the World Series in 1995. They should have won a bunch more. They were like one of those teams that were so dominant and only won once. They had, you know, the greatest pitching staff ever. Good, you know, David Justice, Marquise Grissom. They, they were they were a fucking a wagon. And they won once. The Hawks never won with Dominique Wilkins and Spud Webb. They never won. We all know the Falcons never won. Too soon. The Thrashers were there for like 10 years. They didn't win shit. Now they're in Winnipeg. So I hope Atlanta wins. They deserve they deserve this World Series. Um, Houston cheats. It'll probably be Houston, though. We'll see. It was the 1995 Braves. Did they beat the Indians that year? I forget who they beat. That was the year after the strike, too. So good for them. Oh, and by the way, thanks for the cash app. Frank says $5. He says, I pay for stupid cable. I get the truth from you. boy, a boy. Also on the turtle chat, we got one from Lou. It says, keep up the good work. I will, Lou. Thanks to people like you. Appreciate that. Yeah, the pitching was phenomenal. Uh, turtle Club time and topic. So, they, so not, Turtle Club starts at 930. Here's what I'm going to do for Turtle Club tomorrow. In lieu of getting canceled for my speech about cancel culture, I'm going to give a speech about cancel culture tomorrow and the way how to defeat it and how I've done it. So the speech I was going to give, I'm going to give to Turtle Club tomorrow night. So they, that's what we're doing tomorrow night. We're going to do a speech on cancel culture. Okay? And how to defeat it. That was the team, man. Yeah, those in those Indians in the mid, yeah, they, they should have won more too. We're gonna look back at the Dodgers the same way. But like, damn, the Dodgers only won once. And we're gonna look at the Cubs the same way. The Cubs only won once. How oh, they they had a fucking wagon. And you know who keeps winning? The Red Sox. The Red Sox just keep winning these random World Series in there. Like, how the fuck do we win the World Series in 2018 and 2013? We weren't supposed to win those. Oh, we got new gear too, guys, in the store. Check them. If you haven't seen the new gear in the store, you need to get some of this. Check this out. So let's go up here. You can see the newest shit. Hold on. Short by latest. So we got we got uh, turtle gang gang stuff, right? Joe Biden one star reviews would not very bad would not recommend. We got let's go Brandon American flag shirts. B hashtag blog that. We got the let's go Brandon with the turtle boy on it. We got everything, okay? So you're gonna want to get your hands on some of this shit. Blog that. We got DeSantis 2024. Make America Florida, because we are all in on the heavy D train around these parts. Got a lot of different shirts, gear, you name it. 
get your shit in the Turtle Boy store today. On top of the older shit, too. All right. So that's that. All right. Any other questions you guys got? The Hawks, 1 in 56. Does that count? They actually won in 50. Okay, so they got two. So I was wrong about that. Okay. I didn't know the Hawks won. Who'd they beat? Does it count if you beat a team and the other guy's best name is Dolph? I don't know. There should be some 4XLs. That's true. Yeah, Hopkins High School is the first high school to uh, ban or to allow kids not to wear masks in school because they're like 98% vaxxed. Uh, Monica Cannon Grant update. I mean, it's another one of those questions you guys always ask. Update. If there was an update, you'd hear it. I'd be posting about it. Oh, nice. Nice to see that, Christina. That's pretty cool. Repping Turtle Boy in the workplace. That's awesome. There you go. All right. Um, if nobody else has any more questions, yeah, I'm sad about it too, but I'm not done. I'm not done. So, all right, guys, uh, I guess we will see you guys all for the next episode of Turtle Boy Live on Thursday night. And we'll see some of you guys for Turtle Club tomorrow night. Peace, Turtle Riders.